0: So that was an amazing conversation with Bhavik about his entrepreneurial journey and his personal story of getting to the point of where he is and how he started building GetVantage. Having said that, uh, you know, let's move on to the next part of the story, Dandeki What does GetVantage exactly do? What exactly is the business all about, and how does Bhavik see the ecosystem moving forward? We also will kind of, you know, deep dive a bit into fundraising and try to explain it to. Uh, he'll try to explain it to me like I'm a five-year-old. So let's get into that. Hey Bhavik, uh, super super excited to have you here again. Uh, before we deep dive into fundraising and various aspects, let's let's talk about the origin of the name Get Advantage. Ah. Isn't it about giving an unfair advantage uh, to every aspiring entrepreneur out there? Uh, and so, truly, that's where uh, the word "get advantage" comes from. Uh, really? how can we give that unfair advantage uh, back into the hands of every aspiring entrepreneur and founder building an emerging right. brand, emerging business? Right, perfect. So that is that is superb. So, right, let let's get into it. How how do you Kind of give that unfair advantage to the founders. What exactly do you do? What is it all about? I think one of the first most important things uh, in any journey, building something new uh, for a business, is starts from access to capital, right? Right. Uh, and so everybody asks me, uh, can you can you uh, talk about GetVantage and what it does in one sentence? And I say. Actually, Khalid, words. Be kafir, right mm-hmm. We truly are not only India's, but one of the world's first capital gateways. Right? Kab- and this is about being able to provide all forms of capital. To a business, all forms of alternative financing and funding uh, to a business and a founder uh, that can help them get to their next stage of growth. And while we provide capital, Uh, Can we go beyond capital? That unfair advantage really comes from saying, can I provide capital plus Mm -hmm. some intelligence, support uh, and efficiency to that business, right? Right. Uh, And hence, uh, as a platform, can we help with some amount of marketing insights, uh, some amount Mm -hmm. of uh, support with uh, better access to different vendor ecosystems, uh, Mm -hmm. better networking and and connect to collaborate with other players, right? Uh, and i think all of those become those interesting pillars to ultimately get a business from x to 2x and 3x revenue what is that next milestone uh, that it needs to get perfect perfect no i think that makes a lot of sense right so capital gateway what exactly what exactly is this and before we uh, kind of get into that why did you choose this this industry or this domain to work into like what was the problem treatment that you discovered and how did you discover it your honest hand to heart no eureka moment it uh, you know, one night one day in the morning you wake up and say aha this is hai, right? <laughs> or, or just because it's the most lucrative space or is this more trending should we jump into it. I think the origination of all of this and I truly personally believe that if ye journey of entrepreneurship or anything new you want to build you have to be truly uh Attached Associated to the problem That gives you purpose to solve So this Came from my own Challenges as an operator uh, Mm -hmm. As a founder uh, Building businesses uh, Mm -hmm. And as we saw That the way businesses Have to grow around us is changing Everything is built more digitally Everything is built more Businesses are being built more Digitally and more Mm asset-like But Funnily access to capital is still in the most traditional ways or very uh, physical or human dependent with human biases or at the same time we're still looking right. at collaterals or physical assets from a business. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Got my challenge is we yeah, um, um, uh, you know, its cash the, asset light business uh, payments business we are flowing billions and billions of dollars annually as payment volume high revenue generating yet when we wanted to Some short working capital, growth capital, right? Right. Same banking partners or traditional financial institutions will ask me for a piece of land. Mm -hmm. Uh, Fundamentally, uh, businesses have to be built differently. It's not the old traditional way where you start from day zero with profit, right? You're investing in growth sometimes. So you might not necessarily uh, be profit generating from day one. Got it. Yeah, nothing. It's just your personal hardships is so difficult there. I told you, you know, An emerging country, uh, an emerging market, uh, it needs a lot of capital to to have its economy get from a three trillion economy to a five trillion, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, And especially, uh, we are a small business economy. Mm -hmm. Right, our backbone as an economy is is very deeply rooted in its growth of its small businesses. Mm now, you call it startups, you call it emerging brands, you call it small businesses, uh, but ultimately, if you fuel growth there, you're going to see a huge expansion happen across right. uh, uh, consumption, across consumer uptake as well. Right. Uh, so, uh, yeah, personally, those challenges The, you know, I needed sometimes more money for seasonal, uh, you know, October, November, December season time, you needed a little up your ante on marketing. And I would have to fight with my CFO saying, cash flow, nahi hai, we're not able to fuel the growth. Right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, I think from different requirements at different phases of a journey, uh, mm-hmm. to understanding that yeah, ultimately, mm-hmm. if I had anything, and as a, as I strongly believe my core strength is as a fintech guy, right? right? And we've mm-hmm. seen, the second big Eureka moment was, we've seen that we everything around us, mm-hmm. Right? Technology has shaped the way of how markets, industries and businesses are growing. Right. But fundraising and financing hasn't gone tech driven. Commerce went right. e-commerce and digital. Payments went e, e- and digital. True. But financing has still not gone digital. And so here is where truly what I believe is tech has to enable the future of finance. Got it. So that makes a lot of sense and uh Let's let's take this one step forward, right? Let's kind of get into a little bit of a road place, I should say. It. I'm a early stage founder. I don't want to dilute uh, too much of equity because of whatever reason. I've heard a lot of gyan saying that equity not be so that is a notion that is in my head. And I come to get vantage. How do I, you know, kind of experience the journey? What is what will the journey be like? So. The beautiful part is if you really talk about a startup founder, the entire journey, he's building a digital and new age business. You are trying to set up something new and digital. And so even your fundraising experience should be as digital as possible. Right? So right from just coming in and starting your quick application online to then simply connecting all the various platforms you use, right? Right from your payment gateways, your bank accounts, your, you know, if you're running a sh- store online, your Shopify store, all of these are digital platforms that they are using as a business, right? So Why do you have to still share data in the traditional way? Why can't we really use yeah. a, a more tech-driven way of being able to just have a founder click, 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 connect all its different platforms to be able to share its data, to be able to share real time how his business is performing, right? And truly based on that performance and matrix, right. be able to get an approval of saying what quantum, what tenure, what do you need money for, right? And how can how do we make the disbursement also that much more digital? And most right. importantly, if I'm doing everything that is more digital, and you as a business today are probably uh, uh, collecting all your revenues as much right. digitally right I think what has what has India done for the world is really provided uh, two three inflection moments right we had demonetization which changed at least consumer behavior of wanting to spend Mm -hmm. more digitally and of course the UPI right made digital payments that much more so today businesses are getting their revenues digitally so even my my repayments right Mm -hmm. or my return of capital can that not be done digitally true through those digital revenue streams, I'm coming in. So, right. in a nutshell, what what we truly believe is, it's just tech-driven financing. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. while we are part of fintech, I really try to drive and say that the entire journey and experience should be more tech-fit for any startup founder, any business. And why only uh, a founder that wants to raise equity? Look, mm-hmm. uh, small businesses in India will always be bootstraps and bootstrapped, and will be building. Just pure revenue generating businesses don't ever need to think of dilution, exit, and valuation. True, right? But can these emerging businesses, small businesses, also be able to access working capital, seasonal capital, money for inventory, money for marketing spend? And can that process be as frictionless, as digital, and as founder friendly? And that truly is what uh, is the differentiation GetVantage brings to the table. Uh, from the entire journey being as much more digital uh, and truly be mm-hmm. a capital gateway and saying yeah, you need capital for a quick 3-4 months you need capital for 12-18 months uh, you need uh, revenue-based financing you need cash flow-based funding you need working capital lines uh, just being able to access all these different forms for different use cases mm. of your business Got it Perfect. So, uh, let's let's take a step back, right? You you said a uh, lot of terms are Call it my ignorance. Uh, revenue-based financing, equity financing is the most mainstream financing जो हम start time working capital financing is something that I heard a lot from the bankers' mouth well, when I was a part of the bank earlier. We used to do that. But let's let's talk about fundraising, right? Explain all of these to me like I'm a five-year-old. What is fundraising and comes and So as a five-year-old mm-hmm. you would want to have all types of toys to play with. Of course, right? The same way as a as a businessman, as a startup founder, or uh anyone setting up and scaling a business, mm-hmm. Yeah, you also need money for all different forms of your growth. So, first if we understand this simply, then mm-hmm. FP business needs different things to grow its business. Mm-hmm. And so, for those different things, you need different forms of capital. True. Right? If you product company, you have to inventory liye, uh, inventory, you have to marketing spends, karna hai, karna. So, you have to distribution. So, you're… You have different use cases You want to pay salaries You want to do product development You want to do R&D Once we understand This is simple simple And you know Not only you know, 5 year old I see a lot of uh, Founders out there Who have been at it And still mm-hmm. Have this Very mythical way Or, or, or simple way Of saying Money has no color yaar. All Money is one form of money There are All your Forms of business needs Different forms of Growth And different forms of money and so, hmm. if you, one thing, then you that for certain things that are more experimental in nature. And when you are a very early stage pre-revenue, yes, you might take some equity money. Now, this is much happens. institutions or friends and families. you all borrow some money, right? To get started. Right? And you do your product development. Then comes a phase where you've done a little bit, now you want to quickly fuel growth. Right? So inventory really, don't use the expensive capital, which is equity capital. Great. So very simply, to a 5-year-old or a 40-year-old founder, understanding that every business has a different phase. And for every phase of growth, you should understand that you need, there can be different forms of capital also to keep growing your business. Mm-hmm. So, take this away, which is every founder needs to have a financial toolkit and a simple awareness that understand my business and understand what I need money for. And then raise different forms of money for those different areas got it so let's founder's financial toolkit just the most simplest thing that every founder should start making it part of their dna and their business understood so let's let's kind of break it down a bit as well right i'm a founder and essentially of a let's say saas company right and i want to i'm about to sign a contract for a year or maybe I'm applying for an RFP that will essentially give me two years worth of revenue and I know that I can probably I can fulfill it if I have let's say a team that I as of now don't have and I need the capital to fund that team and a few other things. So what kind of capital should I get in that scenario right? What what would be what would you suggest? Super so let's take SaaS businesses or services businesses as well. Right subscription businesses. Right. Uh, and if you just look at quickly your mm-hmm. cost type or your PNL, right? I have got a contract. I'm going to get X number of users from this enterprise client. But really, mm-hmm. one of the raw material that you need in a SaaS business or a tech platform is properly infrastructure and cloud hosting capacity. Of course, right? You're onboarding two thousand new users, so you need to increase your your cloud hosting bills will go up right today True. but you will get yes. recurring revenue on that per user over the next 12-18 months. Right. So really what you need is a capital advance. You just need capital today to take care of your infrastructure costs but you know that there is going to be recurring revenue mm. over the next 12-18 months that will take care of that cost today. God. And so God. that's where mm-hmm. capital advance revenue-based financing and remodel comes in. Right. And as of now, if I'm not wrong, these working capital funds or the capital advance, you were not, as a founder, you were not able to get it from bands that easily, right? I mean, a lot of these uh, existing, uh, I would say lending entities were not uh, keen kind of to get into these kind of arrangements. Maybe underwriting issues say, or whatever they had. So what are your views on that? Like, Why do you think that is happening still? No, it's uh, simply said, if businesses change the way they operate, mm-hmm. right, you also have to change the way you will evaluate that business. True. Right? So, 20 years ago, the way you would set up a business is factory, karido, machinery, karido, manufacturing, mm-hmm. or that, or that time of right. how you set up the business. So, businesses were evaluated with the collateral they needed. They needed equipment finance, right? Mm-hmm. Machine financing. They had that but today, as you're building a lot more digital and asset-like businesses, mm. what is the new asset of these businesses? It's their data and is their ability to be digital and real-time. Mm. So really what we have to do is, and that's what I simply said, right? If you take my 15, 20 years of experience, what I have seen is the last decade, mm. emerging markets like India, we saw commerce going digital, right? Amazon, Flipkart, commerce went e-commerce, right? All your ticket booking, make my trip, right? All your commerce transactions went digital. True. 2016 demonetization and what you saw is finally payments went digital. Right. And that's where you saw a huge consumer infliction happen, right? Customers now start understanding I can pay digitally as well. Mm -hmm. So if commerce has gone digital, payments, money has gone digital, Mm -hmm. finance should also go digital first. So I think it is the ability to be able to connect into these new digital data points Mm -hmm. and then basis that data point actually evaluate a business right as a capital gateway what we truly believe is payment gateways are a great source give me a very clear view of the last 12-18 months of how businesses daily revenues are right and why don't we use that as a way to really evaluate the cash flows of the business. good. And then comes the part that if you've evaluated them differently, if you can make sure that even their repayments are that much more aligned to their cash flows and their revenue. Mm-hmm. And not only that, can you do a lot more live monitoring? Right. So if you ask me one thing that we've truly pioneered mm. uh, in India is As GetVantage, we've not only showcased that alternative financing and lending should be done on new data points live from source, real-time data points, Mm -hmm. and your repayments come from that. But the most important is we say the new collateral. Gone are the days of physical collateral. Mm -hmm. The new collateral is live monitoring of a business, right? I can literally plug in through an API and, and evaluate and continue to monitor the health of your business on a more real-time basis. course. And isn't that a great way to de-risk? And I think that's what we are bringing as a platform, as a fintech platform. We are being able to marry, right, these new age businesses, how they need to be looked at, what is the lens that they need to be looked at with, mm-hmm. but the gap with traditional pools of capital and being able to create this visibility to them and being able to connect this traditional lenders with the new age businesses. Indeed i think that is that is something that is really important even if you look at uh even if you look at any kind of capital right if you are able to monitor this data live that is what brings the next level of confidence right because the lack of collateral in uh, asset light or uh, digital fully digital companies there are no essentially assets to give as a collateral right and given the fact that any kind of uh, traditional lenders would kind of stay away from a place where they are not able to get their hands on asset, because that is how they are uh, programmed to think, right? That is how the business works. So this kind of monitoring essentially could open up a new appetite and completely new pools of capital for the startups that earlier wasn't there, right? And I think this is this is definitely something you know, uh, super exciting. This is value-add, right? As, as, uh, as tech players, what do you... Truly believe, and I strongly believe that financial services, a very serious business, of ensuring that you de-risk the model as much as possible. Uh, here, can we use data and tech to just add the de-risk in the in the whole system? And that's the the value we want to be able to create uh, here and hit it. the table. No, I think then also what happens, even if you look at the traditional equity scenario, and even I have, uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure you have uh, observed it a lot, a lot of places. Uh, so. I've been in that industry a bit. So what I've also observed in a lot of places is that the sanctity of data is always doubtful. The data you have quarter end or after provisional financials. What is the actual sanctity of that? What is the actual sanctity of the orders that you have booked? How are you going to verify all of that? Right. But if you have a digital monitoring system that you are able to kind of trust because of the real time data that's coming in that actually. Gives me a lot more confidence. And for the founders, I think you would be the right person to explain that it will impact keo, even in these kind of scenarios. Like for a founder, on the other hand, founders and investors, building confidence yes. on both sides, right? Exactly. Uh, you rightly said, why only in causa uh, equity, even in mm. equity investments? Right? You know, it's, it's uh, and that's why we say this that we are just getting started, right? As Get Wanted, we are just on day one of what we are trying to build for uh, the real passion is they are all forms of funding and financing right, right. even ec- look at look at private equity and venture capital right they've over the last 30 40 years been investing in businesses that are cutting edge in technology but that right. the, the, they themselves are still doing it the traditional human way with human bias right? True. so shouldn't there be a tech intervention on all forms of capital not only, like you said, yeah. to be able to better evaluate, you know, those MISs, those provisionals, we all know Excel sheets can be made up and, and cooked up, right? And why wait for end of a quarter or end of a year mm-hmm. uh, to uh, get data on a business or understand where it's hap- what's, what's proof. If I can give you a far more real-time, right? I think that's going to take away so much risk from the ecosystem. And this is what I tell founders, don't shy away. From showcasing your real asset, if you're truly building a good business, share your data in real time. It only gives more confidence to all types of investors and financiers to give of you course. more capital. And then what you're changing mm-hmm. is you're taking away human bias mm-hmm. from the entire ecosystem. And everything is very performance based, right? Of course. Uh, of course. It's based on your performance. Mm-hmm. If you're doing well, you will do better. Uh, and if you convince the investors that, there's no guesswork required. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of this talk around corporate governance coming up, right? Uh, and all of that is because there's so much layering that's happening. If you can really make all of this real time, even some, you know, funding and financing has innate risks. But mm-hmm. if you can even catch risk early, right? Nobody is worried about losses. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's all about saying, "What am I able to at least catch risk, or if there is going to be a loss, I know a little more." In time, to be able to take some some action. No, definitely. So that, that's the that's the real uh, the play, right? And I think uh, why only India? We you know globally we're just getting started on something like this, uh, and truly, uh, the future of finance is going to be in the hands of how much we are able to do real time through data and uh, evaluations. No, it definitely makes sense. Uh, One question that's been kind of lingering in my mind uh, since we spoke about the quasi-equity financing as such. What is a good rule of thumb for a founder's on which type of funding mechanism or funding pool to pick in which situation, right? Whether traditional equity or alternate funding, quasi-equity, when he should pick up what? So Shreya, first of all, I you and to all the listeners, all aspiring founders, I'm going to request one thing. Go and just Google search. The most simple, basic thing that a kid would also do, right? Go Google hmm. search and write what are the types of fundraising. Hey. Tohna, let's bust this myth that funding uh, and investment is only equity driven. You actually type this in Google and you will get the answer. The two types of fundraising are or funding are equity and quasi-equity. Right, right. Because it's so important to remember that mm-hmm. all types of capital you raise has to be returned. There's no free lunches. You know, there's become this slight underbelly uh, across founders that are equity pesa raise karte ro. There is no risk. You you know you don't have to really repay, right? No, uh, sure. not really. Uh, so every type of capital and investing or financing and funding has different forms. And so yes there is equity you can part with equity when you need a lot of experimental capital you are trying something new you are building something early days take that form Mm -hmm. of capital right but then there are quasi equity forms of capital where you are not basically giving back or return uh, sharing equity in the business but there is a different structure there is a different timeline a different horizon uh, of repayment, right and within quasi equity there are so many multiple forms so the second myth I want to bust is right quasi-equity does not mean debt see somehow over the years mm-hmm. we have associated a negative notion with the word debt how will we repay debt will be debt burden debt also comes in different forms there can be mm-hmm. a 3-5 year long term debt or a very large gap that you take. Okay. Right, but there is different forms of capital advances, shorter forms of working capital, mm-hmm. revenue based financing these these are just something that you take as a short-term borrowing, a short-term capital advance and let your business as it grows in a disciplined manner repay. Mm-hmm. Got it. Right? So, ek bar toh, if we've understood that, that there is equity and quasi-equity and within quasi-equity, different forms of structured finance, different forms right. of capital I can raise and I have to repay based on different uh, parameters. Uh, I think you start becoming a far more confident founder and saying, mm. in this traditional myth, I want to be my, let my business be debt-free. Plus, you've taken equity money, that's also debt. You have to return. Of course. Right? Uh, so, I'm a big proponent and this didn't come to me overnight either. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but I hear I'm a big proponent of saying every business should absolutely explore and, you know, as you do your business planning, Right? Mm-hmm. look at yeah, for rent fixed expenses yes I might need some sort of <coughs> longer term capital or equity capital or direct mm-hmm. expenses that fuel my revenue I should have different kind of capital and if you can orchestrate that well true you will build a far more sustainable business and you take away that question that you kept asking and as a founder do I need to dilute or not dilute right. it's not about that just be smart of what you're taking capital for How you take that form of capital and you take away from this whole notion of saying, did I dilute or not? You're just building value in your business. You're getting to your next stage of growth and everything will fall in place. Perfect. No, I think this puts a lot of of it into perspective and that's uh, debunking a lot of myths over there as well. I think that definitely puts uh, things into perspective as such. Uh, Having said that, right, uh, I mean, you have been uh, building Advantage for almost five years now. So what? What kind of four reactions or, hey, uh, three. Three? three. just crossed. Yeah. We just crossed the three, three and a half year mark. Oh, awesome. uh, like I so said, bad. we've just, we've just crossed that thousand days. <laughs> yes. 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 So I think now it's all, uh, you see the light and you understand like, and all of that. So that's all in place, but I think you have also interacted with a lot of founders during these three years. Yes. So what has, the uh, what has the journey been like, uh, in that case when like, What kind of unique stories or unique uh, anecdotes that you uh, came across while you were talking to these founders? What were their uh, reactions when they kind of heard about it? And how did the, how was the take up uptake as such of this? When you're building a new category, Mm -hmm. trust me, even your customers don't know that they need it. And it stays true True. for everything, right? (laughs) So honestly, the first, the first, you know 6-8 uh, months a uh, year actually well in building awareness because you know nobody knew this was available true and founders uh, didn't think that they wanted it and all those all those uh, myths right or those negative connotations I don't need loan I don't need you know to then mm-hmm. just being able to build or make them have the confidence of trying it once Right? Mm-hmm. and just like anything new the one once that every founder has uh, tried a round of capital advance tried mm-hmm. a round of growth capital from GetVantage uh, they've understood that this becomes a great on-tap capital partner right I don't need to take a large amount of debt and sit on it right mm-hmm. I need money today for the next 3-6 months I need a different form of capital I'm getting into my season I'm getting into my next equity raise and I need a bridge deal there right so I've heard everything from some founders understanding the model and saying, this is too good to be true what's the catch right so many of them said there's some catch in this so, so, so frictionless right, uh, right. So th- some of them say what was great was this is the only form of capital I realized that in a disciplined way I repaid and I didn't even realize I had to do because what we've taken away is that whole concept of once a month EMI. Okay. You know, the neg- other other uh, preconceived notion everyone has is, yeah, I want to pay only once a month. Read boss, but you don't get your revenues once a month, no? True. In fact, the bigger pressure is when you have to pay a big EMI or a repayment, rent and payroll, all three on one time of the month, that's when you fight and have a cash flow problem. Of course. So I think uh, from all of those uh, uh, preconceived notions that we've been able to cut through, uh, you know, we are uh, happy to have shared or can share stories of around 450, 500 brands, founders across, you know, 18 different categories from e-commerce, D2C to clean tech, EV, B2B SaaS businesses across the spectrum, right? Every business started understanding that here I have access to another form of capital uh, and I think the most heartwarming stories are coming from you know first time young founders from uh, tier 2 towns and cities who don't have access True. to uh, the uh, angel ecosystem VC ecosystem they don't know who's who uh, to be mm-hmm. here, but they are doing it far more profitably you know big okay. bad businesses uh, and founders from uh, Raipur right uh, and for them you will be surprised yes, that mm-hmm. what magic that they can create even with 30-40 lakhs of a capital advance of fueling right mm-hmm. uh, to then businesses who took capital from us when they were at a seed stage and today they are a series B company and they are still taking because we wow. were able to grow from giving them 20 lakhs to today being able to give them 20 crores right in terms of non-dilutive capital and okay. I think uh You know, when you see these great case studies or uh, founders really turning around and saying, you know, I didn't think this could work, but this has turned out to be my greatest fuel for growth. Uh, Mm -hmm. Founders saying that for us to have not known how to build a brand uh, from a small town or scale a business from a small town, we didn't have resources being able to get access to capital. And so I think the word I try to say is if we can make it an even playing field with technology, give true access to capital democratize access to capital for everyone and all truly based on their business performance. Uh, so these are the stories that, that keep keep me sane everyday uh. uh, this is I think through all the highs and the lows uh, I truly love working with founders uh, I truly love working with entrepreneurs trying to build something uh, and I think this gives me a little bit of purpose that am I being able to be a small part of their journey this is what yeah so the North Star you know people keep asking uh, us what's the what's the North Star for Get Vantage? and I think mm-hmm. yeah abhi toh hum 500 uh, founders and brands ki journey ko support hai. Uh, mm-hmm. can we do that to 5000 and can we do that to 50,000 and lakhs and lakhs of founders over the next few years awesome awesome I think this sounds super exciting and uh, hopefully more and more people essentially kind of understand uh First of all, the difference and the value of uh, the non dilative capital as such, right? I think that would be really a time to see. Uh, having said that, right, uh, how do you see uh, these kind of funds seeping in into startup ecosystem create an impact at the last mile level of the way they end up, uh, for example, a D2C brand, right? So how do you think this would affect the customer of that D2C brand? Do you see a direct correlation there in that case or in any other scenario where you are funding a customer facing startup? I think, in every sense of the way, uh, first and foremost, uh, vocal for local, right? I think through emerging economies like us, uh, it's time for really uh, young brands and small businesses uh, to really fuel this growth of India over the next 10 years. Indeed, Uh, my last mile impact not only starts from the end consumers but a first from uh, inspiring so many to jump into entrepreneurship and build a small brand for themselves right Mm -hmm. Uh, whether it's a small husband and wife couple starting a a pet care brand literally from their kitchen tables because they're passionate about right or to so many like you yes to be able to also be creators and can we fuel this creator economy Right, true. We are going big with creator financing uh, as a category as well, and I think there is enough and a new emerging story for everybody to be their own small businessman and follow their passion and start something small. and And if in that, inevitably, we are fueling uh, that we all as consumers start consumption consuming a lot more local and Indian brands and Indian products, right? I think that's the impact I truly want to be uh, be seen. Uh, what we really say is we are supercharging all these brands and services uh, to be able to offer better products, quicker, uh, with better service experience, so they can play at a level playing field with all the international brands, right? So, we say, if a consumer gets the same service, product quality, and distribution from a local brand um, and- that it gets from its its global counterpart i think that's when uh, we'll be able to create impact to the to the, to the last mile and to the most uh, uh, small towns and cities across the country indeed i think this is this is uh, something really beautiful right uh, i mean in the in the, in the past two years if you have seen a lot of uh, a lot of small brands especially d2c brands during covid suffer a lot mainly because they were so uh, purely dependent on one capital pool and had just completely shut off because of a major panic reaction. I mean, obviously it was rushified to some extent, but then that, that affected these guys because inventory padauwa hai, we have an order, hui, inventory niara, inventory perish, whatever the scenarios were. Ultimately the bigger brands or the global brands kind of sailed through, but a lot of these brands shut out. In these cases, and even now, if you see, the higher the visibility, the more the cash flow is required. And in this case, if it is sourced from a sustainable capital source, then essentially they would be able to kind of build that or grow that uh, exponentially over a period of time without kind of running out of a limited equity resource that they have. And that kind of probably will give them a lot more lean, uh, level playing field uh, as he said, right? And not only D2C brands, you know, that was more mm. visible Of course. But I can tell you about 60% of our portfolio is non-product or service-related businesses, mm-hmm. right? So, not only, you know, talk about India being the SaaS hub for the world, right? We are providing software to the world. True. Uh, and all we really need, our founders really needed was that little bit of more cloud hosting costs or being able to market in the global markets by doing a little more digital marketing spend. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's where they saw uh, GetVantage as this great partner to be able to keep fueling all of that quiet right. growth. And so not only for entrepreneurs, but like I mentioned again, we have so many stories of solopreneurs Mm-hmm. People truly just jumping in, saying, "I want to follow a passion." You know, I, you know, I know that you started this podcast through the COVID times. It's something that you wanted to fuel your personal passion right. with. And I think, True. able to allow all to follow their their path and journey by giving them that, again, that slightly unfair advantage. Of course, and of course, you know, uh, is what is what our mission and passion is. Perfect. Uh, having said that, right, uh, let's let's come to the final uh, final kind of question for this specific uh, segment. As such, how do you see uh, this industry, given now that if it has access to sustainable, non dilutive capital for the next five years, how do you see the ecosystem evolving differently? Specifically, I mean the startup ecosystem as such. I think you will see a lot more. Uh, Maturity from founders first mm-hmm. in starting to recalibrate and build businesses from the first principles perspective. True. Uh try to refocus on fundamentals. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh and these could be a range of different fundamentals. You will see uh people refocusing and making sure that you know at least revenue growth is mm-hmm. a good barometer to go right. after. I'm not saying jump into thinking about profitability from day one, etc. But at least Mm -hmm. making sure that your businesses have some revenue generation and you're operating margin positive, right? Uh, The second piece, I think the depth and evolution of the startup ecosystem will go beyond uh, this mad rush behind just raising a lot of venture capital money and, and, you know, celebrating only fundraising, right? True. Uh, To then... People truly saying, "Look, I can just build a small brand, an emerging brand, out of out of my own passion, right?" Mm-hmm. And it's not necessary every startup. And I say this with a lot of conviction and and even even modesty that not every startup should have to go down the path of saying valuation, exit, uh, you know, growth at all costs, right? But we could actually see hundreds and thousands of uh, young brands and businesses. And this is no different from many years ago, right? Small Businesses in India was about the family setting up a small shop in the neighborhood bazaar, right? Right. Uh, Now you're going to set up that business or brand a little more digitally and online, right? Of course. Uh, So I think what this is going to do is truly uh, get a lot more different ways of how businesses are being built than just one way, right? True. Go raise money, increase valuation, find exit, right? I think there can be a lot more happening around that and I think not only uh, with India having the largest demand over the next 10 years, we are going to be a market that's going to have the largest consumption, local consumption uh, and so I think that's where we are all anticipating a 3, billion, 3 trillion to a 5 trillion economy uh, but I think what's going to subtly happen is you're going to see a very very active and buzzy mm-hmm. IPO market in the country the SME IPO. You're going to see a, mm-hmm. a, a buzzing amount. Look, we are still very in public markets. We are still very nascent. True. All the brands that are publicly listed or industry that uh, are publicly listed, they're not all products that we daily use. Right? You're going to see a lot more small businesses grow and evolve <laughs> into being nice, sustainable brands. Uh, they could be, again, uh, you know, entering in through the SME IPO before they get into the the uh, the main market uh, etc and I think that's what you're going to start seeing that all forms of capital are going to fuel and back this uh, growth gel. Interesting I think that is, that is really an exciting uh, feature that I think I personally look forward to as well uh, given the fact that as of now as you rightly said right, there's a mad rush just for the valuation game or the exit game as such but that in some or the other places kind of we lose the sense of sustainability and uh sustainable growth and it in the end affects the, it has obviously a lot of negative uh, impacts as well so these kind of an evolution over the next five years if there is a there is more access to a sustainable more non-dilutive kind of a capital would essentially give rise to businesses that think customer first and probably a lot more profitability first and we would probably see a lot less layoffs I mean uh, looking uh, from looking at a more last mile impact <laughs> because the moment they see the growth chart going down the panic and start uh, playing off that will also happen less because there will be less investor pressure having said all of that I think uh, this has been a really insightful uh, conversation Bhavik thank you so much uh, got to understand a lot and I think I must say a lot of uh, the myths have been uh, debunked as well thank you so much for that well happy to do that. Alright Bhavik, it has been an amazing journey so far with you. We've learned a lot about what uh, building our business is like, a bit more about your journey and different types of fundraising, financing, what a sustainable capital can do to the economy and a lot more. Having said that, let's move on to the final round of this podcast and one of my favorites as well, the rapid fire round. Uh, Also, do keep in mind I hope there's a hamper at the end of it. <laughs> there is a digital hamper. <laughs> yeah, no, there is not. Not yet. Once I probably pick up some sustainable capital, I probably <laughs> send out a ha- some hampers. <laughs> uh, yeah. So let's let's get ahead with it, right? Uh, first question right away. Uh, what's your favorite book? A New Earth by you uh, Your Uh, favorite way to pass time which is not related to work I love spending some alone time with myself Uh, it's my way of it's not something fancy or meditation but just being alone with myself uh, gives me a lot more recalibration Uh, so that's something that I do more in a routine sense Uh, otherwise uh, uh, I love I'm a scuba diver uh, oh wow! Uh, of being outdoors with nature and uh, being uh, as deep below as possible. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, how do you manage to kind of uh, disconnect from work after you go home, or you don't disconnect at all? Ah, it's difficult. It takes a daily routine. One small hack: uh, a short drive back from home, and all I do is uh, pump up some very large, nonsensical music right uh, and that's a way to train my mind or trigger my mind that i'm leaving one disconnecting from one and going to the mm-hmm. other got it so what is your guilty pleasure uh watching watching uh, uh a lot of documentaries uh late oh, at night <laughs> so i can watch uh, a lot of uh, biographies and documentaries that's that's my guilty pressure that's something nothing. we both have in common, I guess uh, I do that a lot at nights I mean I don't know for some reason late nights are the best time to watch documentary for me uh, it's a uh, uh, I think it's my escape sometimes uh, and I don't like uh, I think uh, I don't like fiction as much as I like non-fiction got it uh, what is what is one mistake as a founder that you have made that you kind of uh think i mean you feel that you could probably you know go back in time and uh could change if you could but well, not be one wow <laughs> uh, uh, you know yeah there are days there are days when you question and say <laughs> uh but no amongst uh, amongst a lot of mistakes uh i think hmm. one that i uh feel the most guilty about uh, mm-hmm. is sometimes when I am uh, in a room with my loved ones and family mm-hmm. uh, and yet not present. My mind is wandering and is somewhere else thinking that's that's what I call the founder's curse. Uh, True. And I think that's a mistake I continue to keep making, honestly. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think I don't like that. Uh, and I would want to keep training myself to not do that. Uh, being present in the moment with You know, when I'm with my loved ones, when I'm with my family, it has to be just them and not somewhere else. Uh, Easier said than done. Got it. Perfect. Uh, What is one piece of advice for the budding entrepreneurs around you? Uh, I think there is a lot, but the only one is something that I have uh, actually uh, tattooed on my arm as well. well. Uh, and it says it says one word, which is persistent. Persistent. Wow. I think the only advice I can give is that uh, stick at it, stay at it, yes. right? Uh, I actually have a contrary view to this concept of fail fast. We've popularized the concept of failing fast. Sure. And I said no, uh, stay at it. You have to mm. keep being agile, iterate, keep changing, keep keep meandering, right? But stick at it because, you know, as I teach my five-year-old daughter, we call about survival of the fittest, right? Mm-hmm. You have to survive, right? True. So be persistent, uh, embrace being slow and steady. It's not about going fast or slow, right? Uh, again, talking about, you know, we've, we've forgotten a lot of those basics that we learned as kids, right? The, the, the tortoise and the the rabbit or the hare story, right? Right. Uh, it's about being consistent. It's about being persistent. Be there, uh, and time will turn around. You know, even the highs don't stay. So why will the lows stay long enough? Perfect. Makes sense. I think that's a really inspiring note on which I'd like to close this conversation. Thank you so much once again, Bhavik. It's been a pleasure having you here, and uh, must have learned a lot. Thanks a lot once again. Thank you so much. Pleasure. Pleasure all mine.